We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm joined by Jason Pat and Jason. The Bulls are back. Maybe not figuratively, but literally, they are back. The Bulls have played their first preseason game. They lost to the Milwaukee Bucks 105-102 in a game that Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and Damian Lillard did not play in. Uh, the Bulls shot some more threes like they said they would. They seemed to play a little bit faster like they said they would. Uh, so some good things happening in that game. We also saw Kobe White get the nod at point guard in the first indication of who has the upper hand in this point guard battle royale between himself, Javon Carter, Ayodesumu, maybe Alex Caruso, maybe not. He might be labeled as a forward for the Bulls these days. Uh, And looking ahead, the Bulls play the Denver Nuggets for the next two preseason games. They play the Nuggets at home on Thursday, October 12th. And then Sunday, October 15th is their third preseason game. That's at Denver. Then the Bulls will have two more games uh, next week. And after that, it's time to get ready for the regular season opener against the Oklahoma City Thunder a week from Tuesday. So, Jason, it's all happening. Yes. How did you feel? Bulls are back. Bulls preseason loss. Um, I mean, again, it's preseason. As you mentioned, the Bucks were not really throwing out a totally serious team with their three best players not playing. The Bucks started. I mean, they did have a few. I mean, Brooke Lopez did play. Uh, Jay Crowder, Bobby Portis, Malik Beasley, Lindell, Wigington was their starting lineup here. Uh, and then you have some some other guys, and they had a few veterans off the bench with like Connaughton and Rolo and other young guys with Bochamp and Tide Washington. So like whatever. Either way, pre- first preseason game, teams got teams are easing into stuff, not playing stars. The Bulls did play everybody. The Bulls basically played, I feel like, kind of like a ma- what seemed like a regular season rotation, kind of for the for this first quarter. Uh, and the Bulls did play 
well in the first quarter against the Bucks B B team, C team, whatever you want to call them. You mentioned playing faster as it has been a uh, talking point among the team, and they had 21 fast break points in the first quarter. Wow, that's huge! Like I don't know, I'd have to look at I'd have to look up how many fast break points per game they averaged uh, last season. Probably, I mean, maybe like half that much. We know the Bulls were not a great transition team, and they've talked about getting more baskets in transition. You get easier points because, as we know, the Bulls had a pretty good half-court offense, but their overall offense wasn't great because didn't do as much in transition, didn't get offensive rebounds, no free throws, yada, yada, yada. They didn't shoot enough threes. Uh, 21 fast break points. The Bulls kind of came out. They pushed the pace. You mentioned Kobe White. Uh, Kobe White had a very good first quarter uh, pushing the pace. He had... Five points, four rebounds, three assists, uh, and nine minutes of action in his first stint. He took, he got up three three pointers. Zach got up three three pointers in his first stint. Um, so nice. See, I know that the one highlight that was going around uh, had kind of Kobe get getting the ball in the middle of the court and pushing the ball up the court, getting into the paint, finding Zach Levine wide open for a corner three pointer. Like that's the kind of stuff they've been talking about. Getting into the paint, spraying out to guys for open three pointers, and we saw some of that. Um, again, it's, it's going to be important. Will we, will that actually manifest itself for a full season? Who knows? It's one preseason game against a Bucks team that was not trying that did not play their best guys. Uh, we obviously know when games matter, teams will be more locked in. Uh, but it's, it was at least nice to see like them trying to put their words into, into action. They did get up. What was it? 30. How many threes did they take for the game? It was like 30, 35. I mean, that's better than the, what, like 29, 30. Like if they average 35 threes a game in the regular season, that would be a step up. Uh, that'd be good. We saw, I mean, Kobe took five in 23 minutes. Patrick Williams took six in 22 minutes. I know Patrick Williams also had a record scratch, but six three point attempts in 22 minutes, nine shots uh, in 22 minutes. Like that's a good step. Pat had 13 points. Um, that's a, a 13 points in 22 minutes. I mean, that's solid. Again, preseason caveats, but um, that kind of like usage, nine shots in 22 minutes, 13 points, six three-point attempts. That's the stuff we want to we want to see from Patrick Williams. Uh, he didn't do much on the glass. He didn't have a couple of turnovers, but still, like that, the kind of bit more of that aggression is good to see uh, in terms of just the usage and shot stuff. Um, didn't see a whole lot of Vooch usage. He only took three shots for the game. Only had one assist. Uh, they didn't do like a whole lot there because I know that was a, an, another big like talking point about really getting Vooch involved and running through Vooch. But again, that first quarter was a lot of just pushing pace, getting stuff out in the break. Again, 21 fast break points. Uh, that was good to see. The second quarter for that that starting stint did not go quite as well. The Bucks kind of gotten back in the game in the second quarter and the starters you even look like they're plus minuses. Like DeMar minus 11 in the second quarter, Pat minus eight, Vooch and Zach minus 11, minus 11, Kobe minus five. So the starting group, great first quarter, didn't do much in the second uh, quarter. And then the third quarter, the uh, second half was mostly, we saw some of them like Pat and Kobe played, but like the, the, the big three, mid three, whatever you want to call them, didn't play in the second half. And it was more of the bench guys. Um, And like I said, I didn't really pay that much attention to the latter part of the game. I was watching a lot of football. Um, but again, good to see them get out and run. Will they keep that up? We'll see. Uh, but it's at least a good start for how they allegedly want to play in terms of playing faster, um, in terms of getting up more threes, getting out in transition. Ricky, your thoughts on this first preseason game? Yeah, I thought, you know, they made a clear emphasis to be looking for shots earlier in the shot clock, especially off misses. 
You mentioned that play that Kobe had where he got the rebound, he sped down court, got into the paint, found Levine for three. A minute later, Zach had a very similar play where he did the same thing. He sped down court, got into the paint, found Kobe uh, for a wing three. So I think that uh, at least at the start of the season, like, yeah, that looks great. Like, this is the Bulls off misses trying to run something like a seven seconds or less offense. They were getting shot attempts up by the 19 or 18 mark of the shot clock after misses. I think that's awesome because in general, transition offense is more efficient than half court offense. It's much easier for the offense to go against a scramble defense than a set defense that can load up and uh, know where the help is coming from. When you can get it in those chaotic situations, that is always going to benefit the offense. So we saw the Bulls have so much success in transition the year they had Lonzo Ball. Uh, you know, for the first almost half the season a couple of years ago, that totally dissipated last year. Now, I don't know if the Bulls themselves thought Lonzo was coming back and that his outlet passes were miraculously going to save a very below average offense. Of course, that did not happen. I would hope that there is some benefit to just going into the year knowing Lonzo is not coming back. He's been ruled out. You have a disabled player exception that the team very likely will not use in his absence. Uh, and knowing Lonzo's out, I think that they just had to change some things about how they were going to play. Playing faster is probably like the easiest way to do it. To me, I just worry that it's something that's going to be an emphasis early in camp. And then, you know, these guys are going to go back to their old style of play. I feel like everyone says at the start of the year. Losses mount up. Yeah. 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 Everyone likes to say, we want to play faster. We want to move the ball more. We're going to shoot more threes. And like, you could pay that lib service. You do it for the first few games of the year, but then as as the year goes on, guys go back into habits, uh, whatever. And over a long season, your play slows down just like naturally in general. Um, so yeah, it will be something to watch to see if they actually do keep doing this or if it is just going to be kind of flash in the pan. You pay the lip service to it at the start of the year and then it kind of goes away. Sure. One thing that I liked was all the transition threes. Now, that was something that I thought Javon Carter would provide because he had a history of doing that uh, as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks last year. And you saw the Bulls take a bunch of transition threes in this game. In general, I think I was looking at the box score and the Bulls had 29 three-point attempts after the third quarter. Last year as a team, they averaged a shade under 29, like 28 yeah. and a half three-point yeah. attempts That's, yeah. per game. So to see them break that after three quarters, I think was a pretty encouraging sign. And as Billy said at media day, like the best look you can get from three point range is the corner three. The second best look you can get is often in transition because at least that's an open look from three. So uh, I thought that that was good that they didn't hesitate to take that. Also, we had a nice quote from Zach Levine today saying, that, you know, as he said uh, at media day, he wants to shoot more threes this year. Then he said, I shot more than my average of, th-. he said, I want to shoot more threes. In games we won, I shot more than my average of threes. The numbers don't lie. So hopefully I get some more up. And then Drew Stevens uh, of the bigs pulled up the numbers. And in wins last year, Zach Levine, 7.4 three-point attempts per game, shot 45.7% on those three-point looks. In the losses, 6.8 attempts per game from deep, shot 28.8% from three. So no surprise, if you miss a bunch of shots, it's very hard to win basketball yes, games. It is. Zach Levine is the only truly good shooter on the team. I guess Kobe's a good shooter too, but Zach 
is the best shooter on the team without Lonzo. And they need him to make threes on a yeah. team that does not have a lot of other shooting around it. How many threes do we want Zach Levine to take per game this year, Jason? Ten. Nine ten or ten. Take yeah. him, Zach, it doesn't even matter. If it's a three by Zach, I'm not calling it a bad look. I remember there was a game last year where there were some there was a little bit of like micro controversy over Zach taking some bad looks from three. I personally do not care. Zach Levine is an elite shooter. I think he's probably one of the 10 or 15 best shooters in the NBA. And this team badly needs him to take more attempts from three because that is the glaring hole in their statistical profile from last year. So I thought that was encouraging overall. Uh, How'd you feel about Kobe starting at point guard? Are are you buying into a Kobe White breakout year in season number four? Five? This is his fourth. Five for Kobe, I believe. No, it is his fifth season, right? He yeah. just signed in free agency. This will be, yeah, so he's been through four years. That is correct. Um, we we kind of obviously talked about this kind of before, how, you know, like Kobe still feel, has felt like better as whatever, the microwave bench guy. But if he's actually going to be a dude who will use his speed to actually push the ball, then he probably is the best option if that's if they're actually going to play like this, to play point guard, if he's actually going to push the pace, help get these fast break points, get into the paint and kick out to shooters. Like again, it was like Caruso's not going to do that. Carter's that not necessarily his game either uh, in terms of like really pushing pace and like being a, like a high level distributor, like not that Kobe is either, but he's gotten better, gotten better at it. And then, uh, I mean, IO is not going to really be that guy either. So like Kobe theoretically could be that main guy to do that. And again, using that speed, uh, in transition to do it so like um i guess like picking him there to be the the starter here and t- uh to see how he would do there again got off to a great start uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they try somebody else here in the next game against the nuggets or if they reward kobe for his strong initial stint there in that first quarter uh and just kind of see if that is the type of style that's going to work and if he'll be able to do do that so i don't hate it like i said i've said before i think i thought six man was still like his ideal role, but if he actually does get better, if he does have a little mini breakout, am I bu- am I buying like a big time like most improved player breakout from him? Probably not, but again, he did get better last year, and if he takes another step forward, like maybe he could be. Again, I don't think like he's going to be like a top shelf point guard, but for what they're trying to do, I can at least see the vision there. Yeah, I'm on the record saying I want Caruso to start at point guard. I don't think this is going to happen because I don't think the team even considers him a point guard at this point, mostly because they have a lot of other point guards and they don't have a lot of other wings and forward. So sort of by necessity, Caruso gets labeled as such. Uh, Kobe as a point guard. So the case for it of why they should start Kobe a point guard is simple. He's the best shooter of the three guys. That too. He's yeah. competing against Javon Carter's a very good shooter too. And I am excited to see like what he looks like as he uh, continues to gel with the team. But I think like, you know, that Kobe is a pretty good floor spacer, pretty good catch and shoot threat from three that seems to pair pretty well with DeMar, you would think. And uh, you know, if the bulls do eventually start running the offense through Vooch more, what you need to like really tap into Vooch's playmaking is guys who are threats off the ball. So Kobe seems to be a fit there. Uh, I also sort of like his shot creation ability, and I feel like that's best maximized on the second unit. Uh, 
Like how often is Kobe really going to be able to cook with Zach and Damar on the floor with the ball in his hands? Now, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you're sort of saving Kobe from himself by like not asking him to create much with the ball in his yeah. hands. But they're going to need some creation, especially on the second unit. Zach and DeMar aren't around unless they're truly getting staggered the whole year, which Billy has tended to do uh, since he's had Zach and DeMar on the team. Uh, I still think that, you know, DeMar and Kobe with bench units make some sense. And then, you know, you probably want to surround Levine with Pat Will and more like, you know, defense i think like caruso would be great to get out there javon maybe io maybe tory craig so uh in general like i'm pretty open-minded to kobe this year i think all you can ask for is to get a little bit better he got a little bit better last year let's build off it again still only 23 years old man turns 24 uh in february of this season so it feels like kobe's been on the team forever he's got to be the second longest tenured bull after levine on this team and uh you know while all the other lottery picks from uh those horrible years at the end of the garpax era have all gone on and thrived elsewhere uh kobe's <laughs> still chilling still waiting for his breakout year he got a pretty nice deal over the offseason i believe he got three years 33 million with incentives to raise it up to 40 million i don't believe those incentives were ever publicly reported so we don't know like what he has to do to get the contract up to 40 million uh but you know if he's crack at it at point guard i think let that thing fly kobe is a shooter also jace have you watched any of the uh Bulls TV behind the scenes YouTube videos and Twitter videos from training camp in Nashville. One thing I noticed about those, Kobe much more vocal than I sort of assumed he would be. Seems like he's really getting more comfortable uh, letting his voice be heard. Makes sense. He's in his fifth year now. He's been around longer than anyone but Zach on this team. So uh, very cool to see Kobe start to grow into more of a leadership role. I think that that can only spell good things for him, truthfully, like just having the confidence to, uh, you know, sort of be a little bit of a coach on the floor. And I th- just think that's a sign of like the game slowing down for him and him maturing on and off the court. So um, I'm taking a cautiously optimistic approach to Kobe White fandom this year. And if he is going to get a shot with the starters, I mean, at least he can shoot. Let that yeah. thing go up, Kobe, because Lord knows the Bulls need it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, Kobe is making his salary is three years, thirty six million, with basically four million in unlikely incentives. Uh, no, yeah, not sure about what those incentives actually are. If there's another site that has them, I don't know. Spotrack is not right now. It just says unlikely incentives. But either way, twelve million a year basically with the a possible just over thirteen. Uh, yeah, because I've been Kobe like has been such like a kind of a roller coaster. We talked about those a few pods ago i think like the quotes he had just he's just looking for like a more stable role just more stability there um so maybe if they give him that starting spot and he just grabs it and he has that stable role maybe that'll really help him uh because he's been kind of just a roller coaster he's had injuries he had i mean his rookie season he had that he's had stretches of games even in his rookie season when he was who would couldn't miss and then you had other stretches where he looked awful when they tried to start him at point guard in year two he was not very good again then he had the injury issues and then two years ago, he was he had some str- more stretches that were great. And then he was awful down the stretch and into the playoffs against Milwaukee. And last year, he started bad. Uh, and then he kind of just got better as the year went along, even if the, the numbers didn't look good. So, like, it's just been kind of all over the place. Looking for just more consistency out of him. And maybe, again, if they give him the starting role and he's able to just kind of grab the bull by the horns and kind of run with it. Maybe that'll be that stability at point guard that they've kind of been looking for. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see with him. Um, other guys on the team, obviously we don't really, I mentioned the boot stuff. I'm not really looking too much into that after one game. They didn't use him quite as much as they thought. Zach and Demar, we don't really care. It's a preseason game, whatever. Get more threes up, Zach. I mean, Demar too. Um, other guys, I mean, as I kind of talked about Pat, his usage, anything you saw out of Pat that, uh, really stood out to you besides whatever it's taking six threes out of nine shots in those 20, 22, 23 minutes he played. I thought he looked pretty good defensively. I don't think he showed like a big leap in anything offensively, which is really what the Bulls as a franchise and as a fan base have been uh, pinning their hopes on for the last couple of years. Like, I didn't think that the shot release looked any quicker from three. I didn't think the Pat looked any more explosive attacking the basket. There was one point where, uh, you know, he had, let me try to remember who it was on the Bucks. I think he had uh, Thanasis, sort of like one-on-one in semi-transition. And, you know, I would love to see him get to the rim and sort of like use his weight or his finishing craft to get a bucket at the basket there. And he didn't. He kind of just like got to the free throw line, pump fake and kicked it out. So I think like if Pat is going to level up, it's going to have to be getting to the rim and it's going to have to be scoring at the rim. 
beyond that, he's a good three-point shooter. He's an accurate three-point shooter, but you know, I don't see him having like a huge increase in volume. The first make he had in this game was like a totally lucky banked in three at the end <laughs> of the shot clock. I don't know if you saw that one, Jace. So I didn't see some like big leap from Pat, but he had 13 points in three quarters. I would take that every time. Uh, That's what we asked for, right? Season. 13 to 15 points per game. Of course, uh, that's going against the Bucks scrubs in the preseason. So don't think we should put too much stock into it. Yeah. I'm very hopeful for Pat this year. I think what you want out of him ideally is like really solid defensive play at the forward spot. And then like, can he be more than like a fourth option offensively? Because to this point in this his career, he hasn't proven that. If Kobe is starting a point, I think that that means... Pat's even going to be the fifth option offensively in terms of all the mouths that have to be fed on this team. So I would like to see him get more burn with the second unit. I'd like to see him paired in more lineups with Zach where they can use Pat as a roller, where they can, you know, try to get Pat into open space as a cutter and please, please, please Pat attack the offensive glass. That's the thing I really want to see from him Uh, in this game. Pat will did not have an offensive rebound. It only had two defensive rebounds. But Torrey Craig, 3-0 board. So that is what Torrey Craig can provide. Yeah. I thought Torrey Craig looked really good as well. Uh, I think Pat should start over Torrey Craig, even though I wouldn't be surprised if there are moments where Torrey Craig just looks like a better fit alongside the starters because he's more willing to do the dirty work. Jason, I predict that me and you will have this conversation at some point this season. Should Patrick Williams lose his starting spot to Torrey <laughs> Craig to get him more creation looks on the second unit and to get uh, more rebounding into the starting unit with Craig, but thought Craig looked really good in his uh, preseason debut for the Bulls. Pat looked all right, but I'm not seeing a big scoring leap coming from Pat this year based off this one game. I hope I'm wrong, Jason, but I would have liked to see one him game. look more explosive in attacking the basket. I would have liked to see a quicker and cleaner three-point release through one preseason game. I didn't really see it, but plenty of time well, to, uh, to yeah. show it, Pat. Yeah, absolutely. And he like he seems to know it. I mean, he says all the right things that uh just a matter of actually just putting it into action. So we'll see. Yeah. You mentioned Tory Craig, three offensive rebounds. The the bench guys had a ton of offensive rebounds. Craig had three, Drummond had three, Sonogo had three, Terry Taylor had a couple. So a lot of the starters had one offensive rebound. The bench had 14 offensive rebounds in this game. Uh, again, a lot of that's coming against Bucks scrubs, but still uh and they talked about getting more offensive rebounds this season. So a bunch of guys did it. Craig did get get up nine shots as well. He took uh, three three pointers. Uh, we we did see a bunch. We saw what is it like five bowls took at least three threes. Uh, Zach took three in his limited time. Craig took three. Io took four. Carter took four. Kobe took five. Pat took six. Io made made like a half court shot. I couldn't remember what at the end of one of the quarters. I couldn't remember which quarter that was. Uh, buried a half court shot. He also made another three. So he took four threes on the game. Um, again, that's nice. We, I was another guy. We've got to stop record scratching to shoot the threes. If you're open, man, uh, I think he was one of the guys on that stat. We were talking about how he's just teams just leave him wide open. So like the looks that he gets, they're always really open because teams just don't care about him. And we saw his numbers dip. So get those threes up. Take So taking four and four, almost 15 minutes is a good sign that that's a pretty good rate out of eight field goal attempts. Even if one of them was like a half court heave that went in, um, in Carter, the same way, got up four out of Four of his seven shots were threes in 16 minutes. That's a good three-point rate. We saw Bittum 
hit a couple of clutch threes down the stretch as the Bulls are trying to make a comeback. Uh, they obviously fell just short, but because uh, Bittem is what a two way guy, like I'll be interested to yep. see if maybe if he's able to get any minutes at some point, if he's able to provide any just a little scoring juice. Like I said, he had a couple clutch threes down the stretch. Uh, nice to see uh, him get those shots up and make them. Again, they fell just short in their comeback. But um, anything else from these other guys, positive wise, that you liked what you saw? We can get into the negatives um, shortly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think beyond that, like, I think Javon Carter is going to be a good addition. Uh, he was like very willing to pull from three point range. Yeah in the shot clock so i think that's going to be good for the bulls you know it's like the opposite of college basketball and college basketball programs like virginia will pride themselves in being like well we pass up good shots for yeah. great shots that doesn't happen in the nba everyone's <laughs> just too big too fast and too good so what you need to do is if you get a good look early in the shot clock let that thing fly i think that javon carter is going to help them do that uh beyond that like i said i like what i saw from tory craig and uh, not too much else in this game, Jason, in general, like I, I thought they looked pretty solid in the first quarter. I was encouraged by that. I didn't see a lot of like offensive creativity from Donovan in terms of like really changing up how the team was playing. I thought that while the offense looked faster, the sort of sets they were running were still pretty pick and roll heavy with Zach and Damar, still pretty isolation heavy with Zach and Damar. So just from what I saw, I didn't think that like, oh, yeah, we didn't see like the Vooch stuff offense for the yeah. Bulls and Vooch is at the controls now and yeah. everything's going to be better. <laughs> know. You know, I was skeptical of that in the first place. Yeah. I will say, though, like out of everyone on this team, is Vooch maybe the quickest decision maker with the ball in his hands? Like we know DeMar's a pretty good decision maker, but, but he's very deliberate. He's very deliberate. Uh, we know that Zach it's nothing is on Zach. Argu- arguably a poor decision maker with <laughs> yeah. the ball in his hands. Kobe still hasn't really proven himself as a guy who you can count on to create. Maybe he will. So, you know, Vooch might be as good as it gets. I thought that maybe we would see more stuff with like, you know, the wings split wide. They're saving running. it. It can't Some be shown similar that actions off. to what the yeah. Kings were running uh, last year through Sabonis, maybe running some of those Warriors split cuts uh, that, you know, they popularized so much around the league over the last five years, but didn't see too much of that. Maybe Donovan's saving his saving it up, man, <laughs> for the regular season. Yeah. But for now, just playing faster. Yeah, that's still Start. a positive yeah. sign. One preseason game. We obviously, again. Can't take too much from one preseason game against a Bucks team that was throwing out a not a G League lineup, but not playing with that with their three best guys on the bench. Um, I was gonna mention I meant negative stuff. Not nothing much that was too bad, but Dale and Terry. I mean, just a brutal stat line. One of five, like three fouls in ten minutes. I mean, just more again, it's one preseason game, but this is just now continuing. He just might not be an NBA player. Again, it's only his second year, but he has just been bad at basically every level so far when it comes to like NBA action. He played 11 minutes, one of five shooting, missed his three-pointer. He had three fouls. He did have a couple of assists at least and a steal. Did have one turnover, but it's just like his offense, I think it just seems like it's going to be – I just don't know if it's ever going to be NBA caliber player where you can like play the guy other than like maybe some spot minutes. Again, he's super young. He hasn't gotten much time yet, but it's just like every time he's out there, it's just like not good. It's not good. 
What kills me about Dalen, we know that we've complained about, you know, A.J. Griffin goes 16 to the Hawks. Tari Eason goes 17 to the Rockets. Both of those guys would have been great picks for the Bulls. The Bulls picked at 18. They take Dalen Terry. But still, so many good players taken after Dalen Terry. <laughs> Just even his rookies. Walker Kessler goes 20, goes with the 22nd pick. Um, you know, he was on the FIBA World Cup team this year. He was an awesome rim protector for the Utah Jazz as a rookie. Christian Brown also went number 21. He played good minutes for a championship-winning Nuggets team in the NBA playoffs. And guys picked after that, Nikola Jovic. I think that there's still some hope for him after he had a strong run in the World Cup. I think Marjan Bocamp can be pretty interesting this year, coming off the bench for the Bucs. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies got a couple guys in Jake Laravia and David Roddy that you would just trust them to develop. Malachi Branham in there too. So, you know, I'm looking at these picks after Dalen, you know, throwing Jalen Williams, uh, big man, Jalen Williams, the yeah. Arkansas product who loves to take a charge through an Andrew Nemhard. These guys were second round picks, Jaden Hardy, a second round pick. Dude, there were like potentially a lot of good players on the board and AK just totally whiffed taking Dalen. Dalen yeah, I mean, you mentioned bad. You mentioned Marjan. He had 18 in this game. He got took eight free throws, 11 shots, nine rebounds, just like two offense rebounds, just making stuff happen in, in a pre in the second half of a preseason game. And uh that's you would love to see like that Dalen like do have a bit a bit more activity and just like the second half of a preseason game. And it just just nothing there. And he only played 10 minutes. Only like that's the type of guy you think would be getting 25 to 30 minutes in a preseason game. And he played 11 minutes in a preseason game. Is he and he's your in the second year as a first round pick? Like that is a really troubling sign, I feel like, that he just didn't play very much. So I I, I are they gonna pick up his third year option? Like I think that that's due like before the start of the year. Like, I don't know if that's I just saw, I think the Nuggets picked up Christian Brown, which is like obvious. I mean, that's a no-brainer. And a lot of these guys are no-brainers. Like, I'm not sure if the Bulls are going to pick up his third-year option. That he He's just been that brutal that and that he can't get out on the court and stay out on the court. So maybe they do it just to, like, give him a chance to not give up on a guy. But, like, I'm curious if, like, this is a situation where they won't do it. And, like, he's playing for a new contract this year. He looks totally unplayable right now. And the biggest reason why the fan base is – like a certain part of the fan base is so negative about, you know, the present and future outlook of this team is because the Bulls have no good young players. And when you trade picks the way they did for Vooch in a trade that, you know, certainly didn't end up the way the Bulls hoped, you absolutely cannot just totally punt the draft picks you do have in the Bulls lit one on fire by drafting Dale and Terry. He is not an NBA player. He looks totally unplayable. I mean, he looked unplayable in summer league. Which right, for a guy who was a top 20 pick in the second year. Uh, so I don't know how the Bulls can count on him to actually play minutes this year. You know, you just look down the bench and I guess like Io would seem to be the 10th man. And then after Io, you probably got Terry Taylor as the 11th man. And then Dalen is the 12th man. Julian Wright. Nobody gets hurt if the Bulls want to hit the Julian Phillips, not Julian uh, Wright. Julian Wright's from the whole time. Yeah, Julian Phillips. I mean, Julian Phillips played 10 minutes four shots missed his three kind of similar line to Dale. And so I mean, both guys are just super raw and probably not ready. And Eversley has talked about how like that really, they're really not expecting anything out of, out of Julian Phillips this year. I can't believe I said Julian, Wright. He's the, where did Julian Wright go to high school? Homewood Flossmore. Flossmore. He went to Kansas. Kansas yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Like both those guys, I don't think you, you probably can't count on either Dale and or Julian Phillips to 
give you minutes this year. And then, yeah, Terry Taylor, maybe. Carly Jones didn't do much. That's Carly Jones, star of the FIBA World Cup, G League MVP. He did not play well. Um, I don't know if he'll actually make the team. We'll see. He's got that par- like partially guaranteed contract or non-guaranteed, whatever his deal is. Uh, yeah, so like we'll see if he gets. Uh, yeah, they just, the Bulls like ha- can do interesting things. I feel like with the with the top nine or ten of their rotation. Uh, but yeah, there's the depth past that, and I know like whatever. It's asking a lot to have like a full like 13, 14 guys who can play, but a lot of good teams do. Uh, and if you're the Bulls and you have like any injury issues, it could get ugly because the, it seems like the guys that they have after basically 10 just aren't trustworthy. And I also got to prove again that he can be trustworthy. He was not, he was unplayable at the end of last season. He's got to get better. He's got to bounce back. Um, as after what the year that he had, he was not good down the stretch and he basically couldn't play either. Uh, so we'll see about that. Um, that's probably about it from this game, right? There's again, it's preseason game one. Uh, yeah, I think that's a bit about that game. Any other, otherwise, we obviously got preseason across the league. We had some fun Chet Wemby action going on last night. I know that the new GM survey came out today. The Bulls were like nowhere to be found. I think Alex Caruso showed up uh, as one of the best perimeter defenders. I think he was like third behind Drew Holiday and maybe Marcus Smart. Uh, Nikola Mirotic was on there as the best player who's not in the NBA right now. Bulls legend Nikola Mirotic. Uh, good for him. Uh, I can't remember where he's playing now, but he's been basically dominant in Europe for the last couple of years, like winning awards and titles, I think, and shit like that. But um, we did get some Chicago Sky News. Ricky, would you like to announce the Chicago not- Sky News that just broke real quick? Sky New Head Coach Teresa Weatherspoon coming over um, from the Pelicans most recently, where she was an assistant coach. And one of the greatest players in WNBA history had a really strong reputation is an assistant there for her relationships with players and for her basketball mind. So Sky needed a uh, permanent head coach after James Wade left to take a spot on the Raptors coaching staff in the middle of this past season. It's going to be an uphill climb for the Sky because they do not have their draft pick this year. They do not have their draft pick next year. That was from the Marina Mabry trade, which, Jason, was worse than the Vooch trade. Just an <laughs> awful, stupid trade by James Wade. And then to leave the franchise after the trashers your way, in the draft that Caitlin Clarkson be available, that Paige Beckers will be available, that Cameron Brink will be available, that Angel Reese will be available. Just, just such a stupid move by James Wade. And that is why, Jason, the Sky have to split up the coaching and GM duties this time around because... James Wade, the GM, did James Wade, the coach, a favor. And then James Wade, the coach, said, later, guys. I'm I'm going to the Raptors, right? Raptors, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that was shady. I mean, he helped win him a championship and then basically went downhill from there. But, yeah, hopefully that's a good hire for the Sky. They definitely had a pretty – they made the playoffs, but they were not very good in general. Uh, So, yeah, we'll see if they're able to turn it around. Otherwise – uh, had Connor Bedard's Blackhawks debut tonight. Hopefully that goes. And the Bears are back. They're officially back. They win one game. Justin Fields is the future again. The Bears are back. Blah, 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 blah. Anyways, the Bulls will be back again on Thursday night against the defending champion Nuggets. We will see who the Nuggets play. We'll see what the Bulls do in terms of their lineup. I know a lot of teams have been not playing stars at sporadic points in the preseason. We've, again, the Bucks set out their main guys. We've seen 
other teams kind of rest their stars here. So we'll see if the Bulls do that, if they play their kind of this main rotation that they had uh, again and kind of treat it more like a not necessarily a regular season game, but just play like kind of a, like in the first half, play like a normal regular season rotation. So we will see that is Bulls, Nuggets, Thursday night. That's coming up next. Uh, and yeah, Rick, you got anything else? That's it, Jason. All right. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we do here at Cash, tons of great podcasts all across Blue Wire with the NBA, with NBA preseason going on, with the season coming up in a few weeks. Give me tons of great NBA content on Blue Wire. And of course, tons of other great sports pods and other pods, podcasts all across the network. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five star ratings. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those fun places. You can follow me on the place formerly known as Twitter at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. And go check out Ricky's great work at SBNation.com. Also, please check out ClutchPoints.com as well, where I help run the site. So, for us here at Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, we will talk to you guys next time. The Bulls are back. And we will see how things go. A couple more preseason games left, and then we got the new season starting in basically two weeks from now. So, Bulls back. It's exciting to talk about again. We'll see how things go. Talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.